0: Welcome to this special edition of the SpotCast. I'm Hilary Kwiatek, your host and Lehigh's Employee Communications Specialist. Today, we're having a conversation about Our Future, Our Lehigh, the open dialogue on the university's strategic direction that kicked off during the summer and has been in full swing this fall. Our guests are the duo charged with leading the effort. Nathan Urban is Lehigh's Provost and Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs. Chris Cook is the university's vice president for strategic planning and initiatives. Chris Cook and Nathan Urban, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast.
1: Glad to be here. Happy to
2: be here. Thanks.
0: Um, So I wanted to start uh, by giving you each a chance to share a bit about your background so people can know sort of what led you to Lehigh and what your expertise is and things like that. So Chris, do you want to start?
2: Sure. So I've been at Lehigh since January of 2022, uh, so not a long-time member of the community. Uh, Prior to coming to Lehigh, I spent five and a half years at Dartmouth College, and prior to that, 23 years at the University of Delaware. So familiar with the region. Uh, Certainly Lehigh was familiar to me in my vernacular and and in my upbringing, so to speak, Uh, but happy to have the opportunity to be here at this really important time for Lehigh.
0: And what did you do in Delaware when you were there?
2: Um, At the University of Delaware, I did a whole pile of things, Um, uh, anything from student affairs uh, as well as advancement work and um, some work in research administration uh, and within the College of Engineering as the chief business officer. So I think, you know, I kind of have been in every nook and cranny of higher education and took that with me to Dartmouth where I uh, was able to work on the uh, expansion of the engineering school with President Helbley, uh, and uh, and so was able to do a couple of different sort of strategic and exciting things there as well.
0: Sounds like a perfect recipe for uh, what you're doing here now. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, what is your background? And you've been here a little while now.
1: Uh, a little while. I've been here for since July of 2020, so a little, almost two and a half years um, prior to coming to Lehigh, I was at the University of Pittsburgh for five years. Uh, I had a role in the provost's office as vice provost for strategic planning and graduate studies. Uh, and then I had a research lab in the School of Medicine. Uh, prior to that, I was at Carnegie Mellon for 13 years, uh, kind of where I sort of moved up the faculty ranks and eventually was interim provost there for a year.
0: Great. Awesome. And so you have the strategic planning piece also in your in your uh, background.
1: Yeah, both at Carnegie Mellon and at the University of Pittsburgh, I was involved in strategic planning efforts. So,
0: Awesome. So my first question is kind of basic beyond your background. What is a strategic plan?
1: All right. Maybe I'll start off and Chris can uh, uh, jump in as well. I mean, essentially, a strategic plan is a description of how it is that the university is going to achieve its mission. Usually it has a list of goals, uh, some uh, initiatives or actions that will then be taken to try and uh, achieve those goals or advance those goals. And then usually there's a set of metrics or measurables to help us track, help us know uh, what kind of progress we're making. I think the, the most important thing in thinking about a strategic plan is that it is strategic. It's about making some decisions about things that we're going to do and things that we won't do, things that we're going to, d- ways in which we're going to shape uh, resources, actions, activities across the campus.
2: Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, as usual, <laughs> I, I would maybe just add to that that it is sometimes a document, um, and not always. And I think in our case, it will be both. Uh, both a sort of living document on the web, as well as some small printed version. Uh, But it really is a long range goal, uh, a series of goals that will guide Lehigh into our future. And in our case, we're looking at, you know, a five to 10 year time horizon. Um, I think that's reasonable. We'll be looking at it, of course, along the way, but uh, a strategic plan should be looking long term.
1: Yeah. And I think if you look at Many universities, they have, most universities' strategic plans are public. Uh, you can go and look at them. You can go and read them, go and understand how it is that some of the actions that they're taking are aligned with or coupled with or have been supported, supportive of that strategic plan.
0: Awesome. Now, on the other side of that is what isn't a strategic plan? Because I think um, sometimes that's, people kind of think about, you know, the input they want to share. Um, and and you might say, well, that's not strategic or that's not part of a strategic plan. So what are some of the things that you would see as not being part of a strategic plan?
2: Procedures um tweaking at the edges. you know, I think a strategic plan really should be looking big, bold, and and new, distinctive. Um I think if we are sort of uh, you know, complaining about existing, Uh, That might be important and it might be symptomatic of something larger that we need to be addressing, uh, but that's not necessarily part of a strategic plan. In our case, we also made uh, a decision that the mission values and uh, vision statement are not going to be addressed. Oftentimes, that is part of the strategic planning process and will be sort of the, uh, you know, the one of the centerpieces of a strategic plan and, and we made a decision not to because those were touched relatively recently in the life of our 157 year old institution it was just in 2016 when these were revisited and reaffirmed so,
1: And I, th- I think one thing that's important uh, not so much about the plan overall and what it isn't but some of the the statements that we will make or some of the goals that you'd make as part of a strategic planning process is that they need to, in some ways reflect an actual decision uh, Uh, a decision to do X and not Y. So there's some examples that people give, like a statement like, we're going to become a better university or we're going to become um, uh, a, a stronger research university. You can always say, well would the opposite? Would, would any university in the country ever say the opposite? Would ever, anybody say, we're going to become a worse university? No. So, so that's not something that would be a strategic objective. It's really, a strategic objective is one where you might have considered doing something else, or might have considered doing the opposite. And I think that's really important as part of the the way that we think through the things that will emerge through this process.
0: So why now? Why does Lehigh need a new strategic plan now?
1: Well, The last strategic plan was um, the process occurred in 2008 and the plan was kind of formalized in 2009. And that's a long time in the course of higher education, a lot's changed. You think about things that are different now versus uh, where we were in 2009. Uh, You know, certainly the pandemic has had a big effect on things, but even just in the life of higher education, thinking about demographics, the importance of graduate programs, which areas of research and investment and academic programs are going to be most important today and most important for the next 10 years, it's quite different than it was in 2009. Uh, And so I think that's one of the most important elements of it. We did look back at the 2009 plan and say, what What happened? Uh, Were some of those goals achieved? Which ones? And a lot of progress was made based on the goals of the 2009 plan. I would say the college of health, uh, its kind of emergence and its creation can be directly tied to some of the things that were stated uh, as objectives in the 2009 plan. Some of the work that we've done to um, enhance the diversity of faculty, staff, and students across the university uh, can be linked to the 2009 strategic plan, some of the expansion of campus, um, again, linked to the 2009 plan. So those are big changes, big efforts uh, in the life of the university that directly emerged. And so it's time now to look at that and say, okay, we've achieved some of those goals, some we didn't. Uh, What should we do over the next five to 10 years?
2: And I would also add that um, it's healthy for an organization to continue to take stock of where it is, where it's headed. And leadership changes aside, while they are, I think, relevant in this case, too, um, it's appropriate for any institution to take a moment. Uh, Given the amount of change that's happened since 2009, it's kind of imperative. Uh, But I think even without that change, it would be appropriate and healthy for our organization to pause.
0: I've been here um almost thirteen years. And so when I came, um it was a brand new strategic plan. And I can still remember in h r going through the process of how are we charged from this plan? How are we going to implement this plan? And I would imagine that, you know, a year from now we'll we'll all be kind of in our stems, in our departments kind of envision, I can envision us having the same kind of exercise.
2: Absolutely. And that's actually part of the plan. As we move forward and think about the implementation, it will be important that each of the STEMs and colleges understand how their actions and plans connect to the organizational plan.
1: You know, when I think about this, I often think that a strategic plan should, for some people, it'll have a dramatic effect on what they do, what their, the, the nature of their job, et cetera. But hopefully for many people, it will have a small effect. And all those sort of little uh, changes, all the kind of getting everyone's sort of pointing in the same direction slightly more, I think is an important part of the process. And to do that, we need to make sure that we communicate about the plan, communicate what we're trying to achieve, and communicate about how on a day-to-day basis little decisions will be important in contributing to the overall goals in addition to some of the big decisions that we'll make.
0: And I think that um, that's why this engagement process that the two of you have um, embarked on with working groups and things like that, I want to talk about that um, because it seems to me that that's the way to get the most people involved from the beginning so that they're a little more invested in the outcome, right? So um, how did you go about developing this, uh, this engagement plan and um, the four themes that emerged um, to take it into kind of full swing here in the fall?
2: Well, in terms of figuring out which themes, there's sort of two different questions that you pose. Yes. there. So um, in terms of looking at the themes, we started with some leadership conversations, sort of blue sky thinking. What should we be doing? Uh, what do we want to talk about? And what, what's important to this institution right now? And, uh, and we had about 300 ideas that emerged. And we looked at the variety of ideas and it started to show up in about five different themes. We took those themes to uh, a more concentrated group, and we've, we have a focus group, of uh, about 95 people over the course of 12 sessions last summer, and said, this is what we heard based on this information. How does it resonate with you? What makes sense? What do you think is important to talk about? And that discussion actually boiled it down to the four that we have. There were some, some word edges you know, that were tweaked, and, and I would say that there was also some, uh, there was an elimination of a theme. Uh, because they said this is not important to Lehigh right now in that way it's not strategically important to Lehigh. So that was important as so the, the engagement and the connection with the community has been happening all along and and continues to
1: yeah, I think when I think about this process, I think we, we are going through various phases where we kind of expand, we reach out, we collect, we gather more ideas, then we synthesize, integrate, and try to sort of bring them, um, to a, a simpler, perhaps smaller set. We did that once to drive to end up at the four themes. Over the course of this fall, we've been back in this kind of expansion mode, soliciting ideas from as many people as we can. As we move to the end of the fall and the event that's going to happen on November 16th, for example, that will be that is an attempt to um, synthesize, to integrate by the working groups and then to present that to the community to ask, is this what you meant? Is this, uh, you know, does this capture some of the key elements that have been talked about and discussed in the various settings? And we'll, you know, that kind of iterative process of uh, how much of that did we get right? Were there sort of new ideas or new directions that emerge? Um, we'll, we'll go through that you know, a few times over the course of the next six months to try and make sure that we have a mechanism for feedback. We have a mechanism for kind of course correction if needed.
0: So um in looking at the um the website I see 4 themes, 88 sessions, 71 planning days since the start and 2533 participants to date. Are you is that the kind of response you were hoping for people turning out and and engaging with the process?
2: Absolutely. I mean I I know that we have almost 10,000 people on our campus community and so by some measure that could be a small number of people participating. And I think that is um, that is an indication of real engagement. It takes a lot of time and people are coming out and participating. In addition to what you see in the in-person sessions that we also have this idea portal where hundreds of people have been able to engage and if they're not participating directly, they're observing, they're reading, they're you know talking to their colleagues and trying to understand what these things uh, mean and, and what direction we might be headed in. So I'm very pleased with the level of engagement, the tremendous amount of work that has gone into this with the working group members. They're all doing this in addition to their day jobs. Um, they're really committed. And I think the um, the participation is an indication, not just of uh, the commitment to this institution by on, on the part of the community, but also their real interest in its future. And, um, and their, you know, their eagerness to be part of the conversation.
0: And just so we we hadn't really talked about what the four themes are, um, they're education with purpose, the Lehigh user experience, research for impact, and smart growth. Are there any of those you'd like to take a stab at um, explaining a bit more? What does education with purpose mean to you?
1: Great question. So, so in some of the early conversations about the strategic planning process, every university strategic plan will talk about education. Kind of has it's to. It's better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, so what? Um, how were we going to shape that? What would emerge from those early? What emerged from those early conversations that was going to be important? This notion of of impact and outcomes of a Lehigh education is something that was really a prominent theme, both because I think there was a considerable amount of pride that we have very strong outcomes from a Lehigh education, uh, whether it's job placement rates or starting salaries or whether it's longer-term impact. If you look at the lives of our alumni, uh, we do really well. So on the one hand, it's something we do really well. It's also something that across the country is being questioned about higher education. Uh, is, is a college degree worth it? Um, is it worth the money? Is it worth the time? Uh, there are a lot of alternatives to college degrees that are that are being created uh, outside of traditional higher education. Um, Amazon and Google are creating certificates and also creating more things that are more like uh, traditional college degrees. So we have, I think, both an opportunity and a imperative, given what's happening in the outside world and given what we have historically done well. To focus on the impact of, of the education that we provide, the outcomes of the students, the purpose of a Lehigh education is something that we wanted to highlight. So that's that's sort of where that came from and what it tries to indicate and signify.
0: So the Lehigh user experience piece, um, that I think has been the one that employees in particular have definitely engaged the most with based on what I'm hearing and seeing. Um, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about what your goals were with, with that theme? But. Sure,
2: sure. You know, we Lehigh has a lot of different users. We have faculty, staff, students. We also have research partners out in the world, in the community, uh, both local and regional and global. We have um, uh, the the South Bethlehem community, our alumni, our board. Uh, you know, anyone that interacts with or comes to our campus, our athletic competition. You know, right? All of those are users of our campus. Users of our Entity and what is that experience like? Is it a good experience? Is it smooth? Does it enable further relationships? Does it complicate them? Uh, and so, when we think staff to staff or staff to faculty, how can we make those things better? And and we don't mean procedurally. What we really mean here is: are there are there policy and cultural changes that we could make, should make, that uh, that really make this um, you know a user friendly campus? Uh, make this uh, you know, it, it enable uh, everyone to feel like they're really valued, belong here, and uh, and can participate with their whole selves.
0: I think research for impact. I think we can kind of agree again. Like research, very important at a university. Right. But smart growth. What does smart growth mean?
1: Smart growth was an attempt to capture several things. Um, on the one hand, we have as a university, a lot of real estate assets. We have you know, three campuses, plus we have additional land, the stabler properties over by the Promenade Shops. Um, looking at how it is that we can make use of those real estate assets, both for our own purposes as a university, but also as the potential grounds for partnerships with other entities in the community, um, was one element of smart growth. So we wanted to have a, a set of conversations about that going forward. We also look at opportunities for us to grow in terms of creation of new academic programs, creation of new research areas, um, uh, the physical infrastructure that we have on campus. We wanted to sort of connect those things. So, and, and it's not only about growth because uh, there will have to be some decisions made if we if we look to. Uh, grow or invest in one area we may not be able to do that uniformly for all we shouldn't do that uniformly for all because some will be more important we we'll, we'll need to kind of place a bet as to where we might uh, see the the greatest uh, potential benefit into the future and so the smart growth idea is in part to recognize the fact that we it's not just about you know scaling everything up there'll have to be some decisions made about you know where we where we grow where we stay stay put or stay pat? And potentially, are there areas that we want to, to over time, reduce the size of in order to accommodate the things that we think are going to be most important into the future?
0: I think that's the piece that uh, for faculty and staff is sometimes the the piece they're most challenged by because um, when you've been somewhere and you've been doing things the way you do them, there's a certain level of comfort. um, And But over time, if you just keep adding and you never assess and perhaps take away, that's not sustainable. Um, But people, I think, can get um, a little scared or touchy. Is this going to affect my area? Are we going to change things? So how do you make sure that people have a sense of comfort with you know, if we're going to stop doing something. And there's, I mean, it is kind of a joke, a little bit inside cultural joke here at Lehigh Mm -hmm. that we never, you know, we've never um, ended a committee, you know, (laughs) Um, that we just start them and then they just, you know, like, you know, um, I'm on a committee where we're considering ending it, sunsetting it, and people are like, can we do that? (laughs) So how do you you help people, guide people through that kind of change?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I I think it, for any change, it's always important to explain to people the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we stopping this? Uh, what What's the bigger picture? What are we trying to achieve? I also think that in some cases there are things that uh, persist in a where it's it's Halloween, so it's in almost a zombie like state. They continue simply because they have always been or have been for a long time. And so I think that looking at um, that and the impact that that has on individuals uh, in terms of the, the time they have to do other things or the amount of effort that this activity is taking, uh, getting people to reflect on that and understand that you know, they have, first of all, permission to say, look, this, this is actually not that useful. This is not having uh, enough benefit that I look forward to showing up and doing this work you know, every week, every month, whatever it is. Um and getting them to think about things that they could do with that time or that we could do collectively with those resources, I think that's something that you know, helps to um, helps to have people sort of understand and, and be less uh, afraid of those kinds of changes. But I think it really starts with a collective sense of the why uh, and, a a sense of what individuals value. What value are you getting from this? What do you, what do you really want to do? What do you really want to achieve? And is this, you know, spending an hour every two weeks with this committee, is that, is that the best use of our collective time uh, as a university?
2: You know, I would also add that um, you asked earlier what the strategic plan isn't. And I think there is some skepticism or hesitation, perhaps, on the part of the community that if their department program, uh, pet project, et cetera, isn't listed as something that is being invested in explicitly in the strategic plan, that that's a statement that they are no longer valuable. And that's simply not true. Um, We will be making decisions to invest. And so those things will be highlighted and those things will be addressed because those we have identified as uh, bringing us additional distinction or, or you know, really, uh, you know, worthy at this moment as, uh, as an investment. It doesn't, however, mean that nothing else matters except those items. And I, I think that's just an important thing for us all to remember that if, there is a collective here. Um, and what we're doing now is, is taking care of, of some important uh, focus areas.
0: Let's take a quick break while we share some important information for staff and faculty. This is the SpotCast. Lehigh faculty and staff, Flexible Benefits Open Enrollment is here, but only until November 15, 2022. This is your annual opportunity to make changes to your benefits for the coming calendar year. Your selections become effective January first, 2023. You'll find links to all the information you need to make the best informed decisions for you and your dependents on the HR website, at hr.lehigh.edu benefits, and on the Lehigh Benefits portal through Connect Lehigh. Be sure to check your quick reference guide to learn about benefits changes coming in 2023. Remember, this is your once-a-year chance to make changes to your benefits without a qualifying life event. Don't miss out. Take action by November 15, 2022. We're back with Nathan Urban and Chris Cook discussing our future, our lehigh, the open dialogue on the university's strategic direction that kicked off this summer. We've talked a little bit about how you're gathering input and ideas from campus. Um, how much longer are the engagement uh, events going on, or
2: so through the end of the fall semester? The working groups will be, you know, actively engaging uh, in person and remotely with with key groups. Um, We also have a few things that we'll probably be doing with the whole campus in December as we figure out sort of where those gaps are uh, that maybe we haven't quite touched on. Um, Beyond that, uh, the working groups are going to need to rest and they're going to need to just take stock of everything that they have done over this fall semester and start to pull together uh, some draft. Real, uh, real draft proposals, and and that will happen. So as, as Nathan mentioned earlier, November 16th is this moment where we're asking the campus to come join us to hear very preliminary draft discussions about things that look like they're coming together as initiatives. So it's an opportunity not just to share what the ideas are, but also to have the working groups go through the exercise of taking an idea sort of all through the process of evaluating it and making sure what does it look like when a when a proposal becomes a a draft initiative so we'll take all of those um, and give them January to kind of finish that up and then in February we will be back to the campus community Uh, we'll be surveying key constituents as well to say this is what we think our draft plan may look like tell us where we've missed things tell us where there are gaps or or what might not be sitting right with the campus or what they love um, and, and that will give us a better sense of, of how to really finalize, uh, you know, all of the output for June, which is the culmination and the actual, uh, you know, publication, if you will, of the uh, of the plan itself.
1: Yeah, and I would say the kind of input we're looking for will evolve over the course of this process. At the very beginning and up until recently, really, we were looking for any and all ideas that roughly fell under these thematic areas. And if it didn't fall under one of these thematic areas, we've also tried to collect it and gather it. Um, With November into December into January and February, we're going to be more uh, directive. We're going to say – This is the kind of thing that seems to be emerging. Give us feedback on this rather than simply saying, you know, tell us all of your ideas. If there's a a really good idea that hasn't emerged yet that suddenly becomes apparent in March or April, are we going to completely shut it off and and say, oh, no, you missed the deadline. It's too late. No, you know, obviously not. But we we do hope that at that stage into the the February-March timeframe, we have more concrete proposals – with maybe a couple of variants that that uh, people can react to, uh, you know, is this more important than that, or, or do you, is this the the direction that we should head in, or or this other one? Um, those kinds of more you know, made it sound very binary, but but more more decisions about specific directions and specific plans, rather than simply saying, you know, tell us your best ideas.
0: Right. At some point, you have to. You have to right. kind of hone down. That's right. <laughs> um, going back a little bit to um talking about what isn't a strategic plan, um pretty early on in the fall you developed a, a sort of a sideline of what can we do now? What did what did you call that? Hurdles. Hurdles, mm-hmm. right. So tell us a little bit about how you integrated non-strategic planning mm-hmm. into your strategic planning process.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, that's an ongoing process, and it will continue to go. So, as we're hearing things, as as Nathan said, some some ideas are coming in, and and maybe you would, might even put them in a category of a complaint or something, or sort of like a this is a little pain point for me right now, um, and we want to address those right away. And so we're I, we're observing those as little hurdles that we need to get over in order to get to the more strategic, uh, you know, visioning. So we have uh, things like a testing center. There wasn't a testing center. There is now. Um, with was some discussion around uh, parking and transportation, of course, some beloved topics. Uh, and and we're working on those. And by when I say we, what we're doing is uh, we have a project manager that's assigned to these uh, so that someone is sort of bird-dogging the issue and continuing to circle back and say, how, how is that going? Let's not forget about it. So it doesn't just go away. It's becoming a... You know, it, it's it's a priority for us so that we're going to chase some of these down. Now, as with true hurdles in the on the track, some are taller than others. And so some are quick and some are going to take a larger leap. Uh, Transportation is a great example of that. That is, it's an effort. We need to address it. And there are some good ideas coming out. There's a lot of good um a lot of good discussions happening across the campus, and the transportation folks are engaged and they wanna make this better, uh, but it's gonna take a little while. We're not gonna be able to turn a switch and and make things all better.
1: if I'm right, we have already made changes. It's Absolutely. not it's not that we're waiting to decide what the perfect plan is going to be and then implementing it when we get to perfection. But we have, in the case of transportation, for example, we've adjusted things about the buses, bus schedules, what kinds of buses or vans or whatever are being used for transportation to and from different parts of campus. That's one where, you know, yes, we we're, we're trying some things out. Um, I, I, I'm I'm certain that we don't have the perfect solution yet, or even the best solution yet, but I think the the kind of sense of urgency that we want to have and we want to to see across campus of when there is something that is a concern, when there is something that causes friction, makes it harder f- to get people's for people to get their jobs done, et cetera, when we can fix it, we should fix it now if possible or or soon if not now uh, and I think that that sense that we are um, responsive to this and that we as a community are uh, focused on and, and take some ownership of these problems when they when we're aware of them. Uh, ownership might mean telling somebody else. Ownership might mean sort of working on the solution yourself. But I think taking that ownership, I think, is really important. And I think that will uh, help a lot of the, the issues that we're seeing across campus, some of which are new, uh, some of which are post-pandemic issues, some of which are, you know, longstanding. And I think just being thoughtful and yet, a little impatient about saying, "Yeah, we sh- we should just fix that. Uh, can we fix that today? Can we fix that tomorrow?" Uh, I-, I think that sense is one that we want to really convey to the campus.
0: And um, it, when you think about this engagement process, it's like the, the, this long sort of roving focus group town hall situation where you're you're gathering so much information from so many different constituents of the campus, so many different pieces of the community, um, and being able to hear some things repeated over and over really tells you, okay, this isn't just one cranky employee. This is a real problem we have to solve. Right. Um, so so I think that that's been an important pro- um, product of this process, um, that while not strategic planning is still something that's going to have a real lasting impact on campus. Um, so let's talk about... Um, the ultimate deciders. So you're gathering everything, like we said, the working groups are honing down. Um, ultimately, this comes down to decisions by whom? By you, by President Helbley, by senior leadership. How did the final decisions get made?
1: Sure. So currently, you know, as we're sort of refining and getting feedback on ideas and initiatives and kind of going through this, this process of becoming more focused on particular things, I think we're we're seeing a lot of consensus about that. Some of the ideas that are emerging are ones that where there's a lot of enthusiasm. It's in in many cases, there uh, will be need to have you know, particular in- individuals involved through processes that we already have. If we want to create a new academic program, we have you know, Ed Paul, we have college curriculum committees, we have the faculty senate. Like that will be a process for. Uh, the approval of a particular initiative that may come out of the strategic plan. Uh, If we have a new building that gets built as part of this, we have processes for that approval. Uh, If it's something that costs more than $5 million, we have to go to the board to ask for permission to do that. So for many of the actions that we will take – they will go through the standard way in which we, we approve things and, and get permission to do things across the university. In terms of the plan itself, the document, if you will, I mean, ultimately, um, you know, after a lot of discussion, a lot of feedback, those decisions will be made, I mean, effectively by the president. Um, you know, it, it will be his plan. We um, we will ask the board to endorse the plan. Um, but But that's, to me, in some ways less important than the fact that we have approval processes and and uh, you know mechanisms through shared governance and other and other processes for for the key elements of any plan that would come out um, so that's kind of this kind of hybrid model the plan as a document you know uh, do somebody sign off and and so that we can turn it in or whatever okay uh, yeah president. It's the the president's document. Okay. Um, But for all of the actions that will be taken, those will involve the standard mechanisms that we've used across Lehigh.
2: I might just add that uh, the structure itself for the strategic planning process allows for all of the colleges, all of the stems, and faculty senate to be at the table during these conversations. So during all of the feedback, uh, there is this advisory council is really engaged every other week for a full hour of, in, you know, pretty, you know, detailed conversations about what is emerging. So they have an opportunity to sort of, you know, continue to stir the soup themselves while it's, uh, you know, in in the making. And I think that's an important part of it too. This isn't this isn't happening in some you know smoke filled room uh, without all of the necessary uh, leadership present.
0: How will members of the Lehigh community who have engaged in this process, how will they know if their idea mattered, if they had impact on the process?
2: So a couple of different ways, I, I hope, um, and maybe many more. Uh, at a minimum, if we think very specifically about I submitted an idea to the portal or I went to uh, a session and I said this great idea, those ideas will have landed in the portal um, even if they were in an in-person session. And we're doing that really intentionally so that we have a transparent repository of the discussions. It's not transcriptions, but, you know, it's it's something that, that allows us to have a summary of, of the ideas that were generated. We will be taking those ideas, and, and it's going to be a little tricky, I suppose, in some cases, because people may not see their exact words as part of the proposal. But what we're going to do is look at the idea portal, find ideas that uh, helped to seed the idea, the general, uh, you know, the initiative. And and we're going to connect all of those. And we're going to move those in the portal into a category called under consideration. And that's actually going to be a way that people can quite tangibly, I guess, uh, see their, can you tangibly see something? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, you know, you, they're going to be able to identify that their idea has been part of this larger collection of things. Because even something small. Let's say it was a parking complaint. If that really does become, uh, that could have seeded a larger idea around policy on power dynamics or something. So little ideas can really germinate something much bigger. And so that's that's the goal there. And that's how I think people will know that their idea mattered. The reality is every one of these ideas matters. The fact that they bothered to come to a session is really an important part of their life as a community member here. So everything does matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that in some cases, we'll be able to track very clearly the lineage. You know, I'm I'm a biologist, so I think about the lineage of one of the ideas that emerges as kind of a top-level idea, initiative of the strategic plan. In some cases, we'll be able to look back and say, aha, you know, the first mention of this was, um, you know, on you know, September 23rd at this meeting by so-and-so. But I think that's going to be the exception. (laughs) I I think for the most part, it's going to be a little bit more holistic. If you look at some of the conversations that have been happening and the the way that things have evolved, Uh, there's a discussion that's been happening about um, risk-taking, academic risk-taking, not risk-taking on Saturday evenings (laughs) or something, but academic risk-taking. And the, uh, the importance of grades and other kinds of assessment uh, for students and students' perception of what kind of academic risks they might take, whether they might take a class that would be uh, highly beneficial to them but might be really hard. Uh, and so that conversation about risk-taking has you know, many origins. Uh, there have been many comments, suggestions, um, ideas that have been proposed which have led us to advance that conversation in particular directions, I think that'll probably be more the norm is that in a holistic sense, people say, aha, you know, I was I was part of that conversation about, you know, some of these areas about what are grades for. There was uh, a meeting a couple weeks ago about that. Um, and, you know, see that then translate into something that emerges as a signature element of the strategic plan. Similarly with research, it may be that somebody says, oh, we should be really investing in um uh, health technology using uh, the Apple Watch to, to you know track health data better. Okay, Maybe that specific idea doesn't end up at the finish line, but the idea that there's a real power in using you know, commercial technology to collect data in support of people's wellness, especially for individuals who are traditionally not, uh, you know more at the margins of our healthcare system. Okay, maybe the Apple Watch doesn't get mentioned in that final idea. Uh, I should give a call out to Fitbit as well. They also. I just want to be fair here. (laughs) Uh, 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 Maybe neither Apple Watches nor Fitbits get mentioned in that final conversation, but. You know there will be that kind of uh, lineage of these ideas as we think through. They'll they'll evolve and morph and and uh, mutate and there'll be variants. again, I'm <laughs> we're getting l- very biological l- l- into the biology here. Uh, uh, but in the end, there will be ideas that emerge that have these origins.
0: And um, it seems like you're still accepting new ideas, right? Absolutely. Yep. Um And. We will um, add a link to uh, the strategic planning site and also the IDEA portal um, along with this recording um, on the web. Uh, so we'll include that. Um, but when do, will you sort of stop accepting ideas in the IDEA portal? Will you have to have a hard stop on that at some point?
2: At some point, we will. When we move things into under consideration, there will be a different way that people will be engaging in the portal. Uh, we think the portal is probably a good place to collect feedback on the uh, Proposed initiatives in February, so we'll continue to use the portal as a way to both check in on as well as comment on uh, the the strategic plan as we move forward. Um, but you know, INSPI is a great way to get to us, um, and IN hurdle uh, if it's something. So e- either way, you know, we're still interested in in feedback and continuing the dialogue.
0: INSPI. At lehigh.org, that's it. Yeah.
1: That's right. Okay. D- dot edu. D- edu. D- edu. <laughs> what did I
0: say, org? Yeah. You said org. <laughs> How long have I worked here? Um, <laughs> um, so we've kind of run through the questions that I had. Is there anything else that you wanted to share um, before we wrap up?
1: I guess I would say one question that we've received throughout the process and which I think we've been asking throughout the process as well is – How will this process translate to something that is distinctive and distinctly Lehigh? Uh, I I would hope that at the end of this process, our strategic plan is one that does not look just like the strategic plan from a dozen other universities or a a dozen other of our peer or near-peer universities. I hope and I I think it's important that it be something that reflects our history, our, our current state. Uh, the things that are important to us as a university, as a community, that reflects uh, the successes that we've had in the past, that reflect our alumni base, and so I don't know what those areas of distinction, uh, which areas of distinction will emerge through this, but I think it's really important that they do, uh, and I think you know this is something we're looking at, we're we're incorporating as part of the criteria that we're using for looking at and evaluating ideas now. You know, is this something that is generic to all of higher, higher education right now? Or is this something where Lehigh has an opportunity to do something that is different, that is special, that is better uh, than, than our peers? Uh, and, and why? What, what about us um, allows us to do that? And what a, a, about us makes us think that that's going to be more important in 10 years than it is today? I mean, strategic planning is in part a, a, a future prediction exercise, uh, what are the things that we can do now or start doing soon that will position us to be a better university, to be more competitive, to uh, have greater impact in 10 years than today? If we if we don't achieve that, if we don't have more impact, we're not uh, a stronger university in 10 years than today, then this process will have failed.
2: I think it's also important for us just to thank the community for this level of engagement. You know, thank the working groups for their deep commitment, but also this has been a long. And we, we said this was going to be fast and focused, and it's been a it's been a lot to ask of people. They've had a lot to do, and um, I just think that's also a really important thing that we want. It's a message that we want to make sure the staff here, um, and certainly the faculty and students as
0: well. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk to us, and we'll be sharing this out from Lehigh HR. And again, November sixteenth, everyone should keep an eye out for information about a big event that we can all participate in. The Spotcast is a production of Lehigh University Human Resources. The podcast is recorded in Lehigh's audio recording studio in Mountaintop Building C. Special thanks to Jarrett Brown of Library and Technology Services for technical assistance. I'm Hilary Kwietek. Join us next time to see who we spot.